Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Illuminate Student Ministries. Listen as Pastor Paul speaks on being unbridled. You guys ready? All right. So uh, as many of you guys know, uh, you do have notebooks with like our series that we've been going over. Uh, We have wrapped up Glorious Purpose. Tonight is not going to be the introduction to another series. We're going to wait on that because we're going to be off next week. And I didn't just want to introduce something right out of the gate. So um, we're going to do... Just a pointless filler, as Nisi said. Wow, out. All right. Lord, don't hold it against her. All right. All right, let's get into it. Uh, I'm going to be looking at one scripture specifically, uh, but it's kind of lengthy. It's going to be 17 verses, okay? 17 verses, amen. Amen. I mean, I could read, read Psalms 90. Do you want to read all Psalms 90? It's a good one. just kidding. How many verses does it have? 100 something. Let's do that. Let everyone go to Psalms 9. I'm just kidding. All right. Uh, Matthew, Matthew 21. How much? 150? All right. Matthew 21. Matthew 21. Yes. You'll find out. Oh, just leave a little space at the top. All right. Matthew 21. So this, all right, Matthew 21. Now, as they were approaching, approaching Jerusalem, they arrived at the place of the stables near the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of his disciples ahead saying, as soon as you enter the village, you will find a donkey tethered along with her young colt. Say colt. All right. Untie them both and bring them to me. And if anyone stops you and asks, what are you doing? Just tell them the Lord of all needs them and he will let you take them. All of this happened to fulfill the prophecy. Tell Zion's daughter, look, your king arrives. He's coming to you humbly, sitting on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. So the two disciples went on ahead and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and her colt to him and placed their cloaks and prayer shawls on the colt. And Jesus rode on it. Then an exceptionally large crowd gathered and carpeted the road before him with their cloaks and prayer shawls. Others cut down branches from trees to spread in his path. Jesus rode in the center of the procession, crowds going before him and crowds coming behind him. And they all shouted, bring the victory, Lord. I feel like that's something. Get him, Lord. Bring the victory, Lord. So they're saying, bring the victory, Lord, son of David. He is the blessed one sent from the Lord Yahweh. We celebrate with praises to God in the highest. As Jesus entered Jerusalem, the people went wild with excitement. The entire city, yeah, that's how they sounded. The entire city was thrown into an uproar. Whoa. Give me your best uproar. Some asked, who is this man? And the crowd shouted back, this is Jesus. He's the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. All right, verse 12. Upon entering Jerusalem, Jesus went directly into the temple area and drove away all the merchants who were buying and selling their goods. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the stands of those selling doves. And he said to them, my dwelling place will be known as a house of prayer, but you have made it into a hangout for thieves. 
Then the blind and the crippled came into the temple courts and Jesus healed them all. And the children circled around him shouting blessings and praises to the son of David. But when the chief priests and religious scholars heard the children shouting and saw all the wonderful miracles of healing, they were furious. And they said to Jesus, don't you hear what these children are saying? This is not right. Jesus answered him, yes, I hear him. But you have never read the scripture from the lips of children and infants. You have ordained praise. Jesus then left at once for the nearby village of Bethany, where he spent the night. Huh? Yeah, it's, it's a city. All right. Okay. Yeah, it's a city called, he, he didn't go to Bethany's house. He went to. Oh, well, you talked out loud, so you're subject to be conversed with. I love it. Bethany. Oh my gosh. Okay. So tonight, all right, here, here's, here's the title for you. You ready? Tonight, I want to talk to you about the unbridled generation. Mm. The unbridled generation. You in? Oh, tell them. Oh, <laughs> God. Yeah. U N B R I D A L E D A L L E D D L E D No way, no way. But it's close. Give him a round of applause. That took courage for me to put the mouth the mic in front of his face and, and not have anywhere to go. Took courage. All right, so the unbridled generation. Okay, so go with me here. I told, um, the reason Chloe freaked out is I told her I was talking about something else entirely. Um, but then I just, this just kind of dropped in me today. So I was like, Lord, is this what you're saying? All right, let's do it. So this is where we're going. <laughs> is this you, Lord? Okay. I'll... <laughs> that is beefy. Uh, side note, do you guys like our new speakers? Do they sound good? So long story short, uh, there's a church that's going to be meeting in here on Sundays. Um, and these are theirs and they're letting us use them and they're going to use them and it's going to be banging. So anyways, super cool. Um, all right. Anyway, so the unbridled generation. Okay. So at the very beginning, you don't have to throw this up, but if you can remember back to what, I'm gonna pull it up on my phone too, um, just so I don't have to keep going back and forth up there. You ready? Okay, you with me? Woohoo! All right, here we go. So, now as they were approaching Jerusalem, they arrived at the place of the stables. Okay, so if you read uh, pretty much any other translation other than the Passion Translation, it's not gonna say the place of stables. What it's gonna say is the place of Beth phage okay b-e-t-h-p-h-a-g-e okay so how the greek so when when the latin okay blah, 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 when they translated it into the latin and then to the greek and then all this other stuff um it got translated into bethphage which in the greek translates to the house of unripe figs okay okay you with me but if you look at the original aramaic it translates to the house of stables, okay? 
totally different. So the house of unripe figs or the house of stables. And I'm sure we could go one direction to the other if you want to even go toward last week when we talked about like hiding and all. Was that last week? No, that was the week before because we had theme night. But anyways, but we're going to talk about the place of the stables. Okay, so what I love is that then Jesus instructs the disciples to find a donkey, say donkey, tied up with her young colt, say colt, beside her. Okay. And read your Bible. So Jesus instructs the disciples to find a donkey tied up with her young colt beside her. So how many of you guys know what a colt is? All right, yeah, Nisi shouted it out. It is. Hold on, I'll tell you what it is. It's a baby donkey. It's a young donkey, younger than four years, okay? And we're not going to go down this this rabbit trail. But anyway, so it's a young donkey um, that is uncircumcised, and it's a young boy, okay? It's a young buck, okay? Well, not a buck. It's a a colt. It's a phrase, guys. Come on. All right, so this is a young donkey under the age of four, okay? And so what happens is then the disciples, right, so they grab the donkey and the colt, and the disciples place their cloaks and prayer shawls on the colt, not the donkey, okay? And Jesus rode that into Jerusalem. How many times have you guys heard Jesus's triumphant entry into Jerusalem, and it said that he rode on a donkey? Doesn't say it. It says that he rides in on the donkey's colt. Only in Matthew does it even mention the donkey. In Luke, it doesn't even mention the donkey. It just talks about the colt, okay? So he enters into Jerusalem on the colt, and Jesus rode that into Jerusalem, okay? So go with me here. We're going to go to a little parallel, okay? So let's just go on this journey together. You all right? Okay. It's not the haze. <laughs> oh, you like where this is going? At what point did you like where we were going? Oh, yeah. We're like, all right. I smell what you're stepping in. All right. <laughs> when you said Luke didn't have it, I was like, tell me more. <laughs> What did John say? No? Okay. Anyways. All right. So the disciples placed their cloaks and prayer shawls on the colt, not the donkey, and Jesus rode that into Jerusalem. So I want to throw this before you, okay? So there is something that you can achieve in your youth that you won't have the opportunity afforded to you in your adult years, okay? There's something that you can achieve in your youth that you won't have the ability to have it being afforded to you in your adult years, okay? So Jesus instructed his disciples to go and find a donkey and a colt, and they brought the young colt into Jerusalem, put their prayer shawls and their cloaks over the colt, and Jesus wrote it in. I'm I'm saying it a bunch of times because I want you to get this picture. I, I don't want you to be like, wait, what's he riding in on? Okay, so they went and got a colt, say a colt, and they put cloaks and prayer shawls on the colt. And Jesus rode the colt into Jerusalem. You get the picture? Okay, we're done. 
student ministry in <laughs> was that you you're not 18 Jensen give him a little slap on the back of the head hey I said Jensen all right all right let's dig it here we go there is something that you can achieve in your youth that you won't have the opportunity afforded to you in your adult years. So when Jesus makes his triumphant entry into Jerusalem, pay attention to this, this is where we're getting going. He came to the place of the stables, okay? So if something is named the place of the stables, it's pretty clear that they have an abundant supply of what? Stables. What get, oh yeah, and then what, what are in stables? Horses. There's an abundance of horses inside the place of the stables. And what's cool is that they wouldn't, I mean, obviously they wouldn't name the place. This is the place of the stables if they didn't have stables. And you're not going to have stables if you don't have horses, okay? So, but what's nice about this, what's really cool is that Jesus didn't ask to go get a horse. He didn't say, hey, go to the place that is teeming with horses, that has horses galore and I want you to get me a horse. He says, hey, go to the place that's teeming with horses, and I want you to grab me a donkey. And then when you find the donkey, find the donkey's colt. Find the baby of the donkey, and that's what I want to ride into Jerusalem. Okay? So here's, here's where we're going. Listen to this. Here we go. Boys in the back is what I want you to get. Jesus isn't looking for a generation that's conformed to a system who just gallivants around. This is what horses do. Have you ever seen them just kind of pep around i mean you talk about like the tennessee walking horse it's not about the rider it's about the horse right when you go to barrel racing or whatever it's about the horse when you go to um, horse races it's not about the rider all the time it's about the horse so jesus isn't looking for a generation that's conformed to a system who gallivants who's all just concerned about themselves but he's looking for a young colt say colt generation who's unbridled say unbridled by the world who can have the father's mantle placed upon them for Jesus to make his entry. So it's incredibly unconventional for a king to enter a city riding anything but a horse. Because what happens is when kings enter into cities on a horse, it represents that they're there for war and it represents that they're there to take authority. But Jesus comes in on a young colt. So this is unconventional. All the kings would enter riding horse, but Jesus chose a young colt who had the mantles of fathers because the apostles placed their mantle, the apostles placed their prayer shawls on the colt. The apostles are the excuse me, are the fathers of the church. So you've got to see this picture of Jesus looking for a generation who has the father's mantle placed upon them so that he can ride them into, the, into Jerusalem, into his triumphant entry. That's, that's what Jesus is looking for, okay? So the only way we get here is when we refuse to be bridled and tied up, Okay? So the only way that we get here is when we refuse to be bridled and tied up. So look, it says that you will find, Jesus said, you will find a donkey tethered along with her young colt. So I'm seeing this picture of the mama donkey. Let's just say this is a stable and she's tied up to this. This donkey is tied up to here and this colt is just hanging out beside her because this colt needs his mom's nourishment. He's not, he's not tied up. He's just hanging out right next to the mom. But as he gets older and he gets a little bit more rambunctious, what's going to happen is they're going to start tying him up. 
You smell what I'm stepping in? Okay, you with me? So, it says that you will find a donkey tethered along with her young colt. So, I want you to see this picture. What tied up your mom and your dad and the previous generations above you can't have the ability to tie you up. Okay? You have to refuse to be tied up. That's the only way. That's the only way Jesus comes in and makes his triumphant entry upon you. That's the only way the father is able to put a mantle upon you for Jesus to rest is if you refuse to be tied up and bridled to the same things that bridled your parents, to the same things that bridled the generation before you. Because the same thing, what happens, and we say this a lot, but what one generation does in moderation, the next generation does in excess. So whatever you see your parents or the generation before you bridled up to, if you just hang out here a little bit longer, eventually that same slave master is going to bridle you up to the same thing. And you have to refuse to get bridled to this same concept. Okay. So the Lord is stripping us of bridles that we've even placed on ourselves. So bridles of, let's say self-hate. Okay. How about bridles of sexual perversion or bridles of conformity, bridles of apathy, the Lord is wanting to strip these bridles away that have kept us tethered and stuck in the same place. Yeah. I'm getting low so I can see y'all's faces because up here y'all disappear. But down here, I can see y'all. Oh, yeah. I see you, Peach. I see you, Peach. So you have to refuse to be bridled up. Okay? You with me? What I, what I love is that every animal around that colt was tied up in the stable. Every other one was tied up in the stable, but the colt wasn't. So Jesus is looking for an unbridled generation for his glory to rest upon as fathers cover you. So now go with me here on this one. Um, When we talk about the fivefold ministry, it talks about apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists. And I think they're mentioned in that order for a specific reason. I think at the head, you have apostles and you have prophets. So apostles are, the, the translation for apostle is sent one right? And prophets speak what the Lord is saying. So what's happening is the early church fathers, these apostles, um, these disciples that walk with Jesus, they carried such an apostolic mantle that it's a picture of submitting yourselves to fathers. So here's the thing. I think some of us has like, have like stayed right here and this is like pseudo father. This is like in, uh, this is going on. Maybe my dad won't listen to this. Who knows? Um, like your natural fathers, they do have the ability to put like an apostolic mantle on you and like the mantle of the father and the covering of like our father they do have the ability to do that, but they don't innately have to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Do you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, I got you. 
Yeah, yeah that wasn't rhetorical. Uh, you, you smell what I'm, are you with me? Do you want me to repeat it again? Okay. All right. So your natural parents, um, they have the ability to put on you like a mantle or a covering that comes from heaven, that comes from like the father of all fathers. But that's not saying they are the only people that can. So what I'm saying is if your parents are totally bridled up to something that you don't want to be bridled up to, that doesn't mean that you're just a slave to what they're bridled to for the rest of your life just because that's the father, like that's the father and that's the mother that you were dealt. Because Jesus is sending free fathers that look like apostles, that look like disciples to come and cover you where normally you would have just been laid out bare open. So you've got to let fathers of the faith put a mantle on you. You've got to let fathers cover you. There, there's no, like, it's, um, I mean, it's, it's orphan basically. If you don't like receive the mantle of a father and I'm not saying like, Oh, this is my spiritual father. And I do everything he tells me to do. I'm not saying like you have to like do all that stuff, but I'm saying you've got to have some sort of father that's covering you, whether that's just through the father himself, or it's through someone down here who's embodying the father and covering you you've got to have that in order to get out of this place right otherwise you stay here for so long you're going to get tied up to the same things your parents in the previous generation got tied up to okay so he's looking for an unbridled generation for his glory to rest on as fathers cover you so the first thing that jesus did when he rode this unbridled cult into Jerusalem as he goes straight to the temple, okay? So the first thing Jesus did is we went to the temple to drive out the people that were buying and selling doves or sacrifices, okay? How many of you guys have heard this scripture where he talks about um, flipping the tables um, and people use it, um, <laughs> as like a, an excuse to um, like regulate what happens in, in, in church, in the house of God, like in this building. They're like, hey, Jesus flipped the tables when, when people were selling stuff so we can't do bake sales because Jesus hates money in the exchange of goods. Like, how many of you guys have heard that? Not many of you, okay. Well, I sure did. Um, literally people just being like, this is the house of God. I'm just like, okay. You're the house of God, but let's, we're, anyways. Um, yeah. But, so Jesus isn't, isn't upset that people are buying and selling inside the temple. Okay? He's not upset that there's exchange of money. What he's upset about is the way in which it's done. Because what happens is these people weren't just being like, hey, you need a sacrifice? Great, I got you here. Before you enter this temple, come and, come and buy this and, and you can head on in. What they were doing is people would come with their sacrifices. This is how they gave worship. This is just the atmosphere of worship of how they did it back then. They would come and give a sacrifice and that would be worship. And so what would happen is these people would set up shops and set up camps right outside the temple and say, hey, your dove is dirty. Your dove actually isn't good enough. Come buy this one. This one's clean. This one's bigger. This one is a better sacrifice. Jesus, or they're saying, God doesn't like that sacrifice. Come and buy this one. 
And so that's where he's, he's coming and he's flipping these tables because people are putting regulations on people's worship, right? They're saying, this isn't good enough. So come and do it this way. Come and pay me to have a better sacrifice, a better worship. And so Jesus literally flips the whole, literally flips the tables. Okay. Because what happened is these people made it an elitist society that you could only come to the father if you had money. You could only come to the Holy of, well, you couldn't go to the Holy of Holies, but anyways, you could only go in the temple if you had money to buy this really good sacrifice. And so Jesus, yeah, if you go into the Holy of Holies, what happens, Elias? <laughs> Tell us, you're really excited about it. Because what happened? Because you died. Why'd you die? Because you weren't clean. You dead. But how cool is that now that the Holy of Holies like right here? Wow. Wow. Okay. So here's what's really cool. So, there, so these people, and I'm going to wrap up here soon. So these people are saying, did you say that? <laughs> All right. So these people selling these doves are saying, your offering isn't good enough. Come and buy this cleaner bird so that God will be pleased. And they just pocketed the money. So. As soon, I think this is really interesting. As soon as Jesus drove out these dove sellers, what happens? Immediately, what happens? If you know it, shout it out. No, that was, uh, wait, say it again. Okay, what happens before the people get healed? <laughs> They're not healed. <laughs> before the Pharisees. All right. So in verse 14, hold on, let's go back up. All right, 13. And he said to them, him being Jesus, my dwelling place will be known as a house of prayer, but you have made it a hangout for thieves. Then the blind and the crippled came into the temple courts and Jesus healed them all. So as soon as he drives out these money exchangers, immediately after these people leave, the crippled, And the blind. I don't understand. I know, right? <laughs> Maybe like this. <laughs> have you seen the? Cho I actually haven't, guys. I've only seen like three or four episodes of the Chosen. I don't even know if I'm saved anymore. Oh my gosh! Who said that? What's the Chosen? Oh, all right. Here's a subtle plug. I've only seen four episodes, but. Um, literally, all right, hey, shush. Oh my God. It is good. All right, so The Chosen is a TV show. Uh, they've got two seasons out right now. Do uh, you guys remember those bad lip readings of like the Jesus movies? How, oh, Peter, I know that you smoked that cigarette last night. Um, it's, it's much better than that. Uh, it's actually good acting, and they're literally just like telling the gospel, but it's incredible incredible storytelling they're literally it's like reading in between the lines of the gospels and like filling in the spaces of what you <laughs> yeah it's yeah so anyways the guy who plays jesus like really looks like how you think jesus would look like he's like oh my gosh you for real did he oh actually it said that jesus was a little chubby 
little unbecoming. But then he rises in glorious radiance and is now the desire of the nations. He had a dad bod, but now he's got the father bod. I'm just kidding. He's the son. Anyways. All right, all right, all right. Let's wrap up here. You ready? Three claps. Okay, let's try this again. Three claps. Oh, my gosh. Some of you. All right, so then the blind and the crippled came into the temple courts and Jesus healed them all and the children circled around him shouting blessings and praises to the son of David. So immediately the blind and the crippled came and received restoration. So here's the final thing I want to leave you with. If you write anything down, write this down. Ready? Your refusal. Well, not, I guess not refusal. Your refusal, yeah, here we go. Your refusal to be bridled by the world will cause the king of glory to come in and restore that which is blind and crippled. So your refusal to be unbridled by the world will cause the king of glory to come in and restore that which is blind and crippled. Jesus doesn't come into Jerusalem on a horse. He doesn't come into Jerusalem just by happenstance, but he chooses a young colt who's unbridled, unconventional. So let me also just say this while we're wrapping up. When we're talking about like being tethered, I'm, I'm not just talking about like, oh, the sins of your father, the sins of your mother, don't be bridled up to this. I'm talking about systems. I'm talking about tradition. I'm talking about, oh, we've always done this. This is the way God moves. I'm talking about refusing to be bridled up, refusing to be tethered to an old way of thinking. Because if the Lord is going to do something new and he's going to come in on, with glory and he's going to sit on a generation that's unbridled, it has to be a generation that's totally unbridled. And that's not saying that that's a, um, a free card for anarchy, but that is saying you got to have some pardon my French, you got to have some gonads, okay, to, to actually refuse. Staying here is really easy. Getting tethered up to this is really easy. I've seen, uh, I've seen friends of mine who we were, we were kind of running together, uh, back in the day. And I'm not saying that like, I'm the unbridled one and they're not, and I'm the holy one and they're not. But I am saying that I, I do have friends that we were kind of on the same track. We were like, hey, let's just refuse to, to just conform to systems. Let's refuse to like just go the easy way. Like let's see the king of glory come into our lives at whatever it takes. And then somewhere along the way, this person got real comfortable with hanging out with um, set in stone systems, set in stone, oh, this is easy oh, the money's good. I'll just tether up right here. I've got all the oats in the water that I need. The issue is that while you're sitting here and you're well-fed and you're taken care of, the king of glory isn't gonna choose you to sit upon. He's gonna look for people that are refusing to be bridled and refusing to just stay subjected to a system, to stay subjected to like, oh, this is what we've always done. Is that your yeet? 
We're trying to teach Oakland how to say yeet. Right now she just says, no. <laughs> she doesn't want to learn it. All right, so refuse to be right, bridal. All right, here's going to be the riskiest prayer. Not the riskiest prayer, but go with me here. Holy Spirit. Hey, let's just, re- well, let's do this. Repeat after me. Holy Spirit. Give me the oomph to stay unbridled. A wild colt. An untamed donkey. An untamed something. And un- oh, just kidding. We love you, Lord. Thanks. Say thanks for intestines. Thanks for food. All right. See ya. <laughs> thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Illuminate Student Ministries. Be sure to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Illuminate Knox.